Hello, Magical Muggles. I'm Zacharia. And I'm River. And welcome to Potter Watch. Today, we're kicking off our episode podcast with the first ever interview. Exactly. Today, we have a very special guest joining us who is very excited. Everyone, please welcome me here. I'm so glad to be here today. Hello, Mirhir. Why don't you tell all our listeners a bit about yourself so we can get to know you? Okay, sure. First of all, I'm a Gryffindor and I love Harry Potter. Cool. And what's your favourite movie and book? Well, my favourite book has to be The Philosopher's Stone because it's the first book which makes it original and so captivating. I loved it. I loved every part, from getting to know the characters and all the little details, such as the sorting hat, the dark forest, and especially Quidditch. What about your favourite movie? Well, my favourite movie is The Goblet of Fire, and I can watch this movie again and again and still find something new. What has been your favourite movie moment so far? Well, my favourite... moment so far has been when Harry's name got picked out of the Goblet of Fire unintentionally. Well, thank you for that. Now, as our first ever guest, we are going to include you in a new segment. Yes, we know a lot of you enjoyed our game last week. So this week, we're going to have a different game to play. Everyone, please clap for... Riddles, riddles. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so do we all have our riddles for each other? Yep. Uh, yep. Okay, so I'll go first. I'm going to ask Mihir a question. If Hermione's daughter is my daughter's mother, what am I to Hermione? Are you her sister? Oh, sorry, I have four options. Um, mother, daughter, grandmother, or granddaughter. Oh. So mm. if Hermione's daughter is my daughter's mother, what am I to Hermione? Oh, grandda- granddaughter. Zachary, any input? So can you say that, say that again? Is the famous riddle just a bit... I changed it a bit to Harry Potter. You know that if Hermione's daughter is my daughter's mother... What am I to Hermione? So if Hermione's daughter is my daughter's mother, mm. what am I to Hermione? Either her mother, her daughter, her grandmother, or her, her daughter. granddaughter. Her daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I got it right. Okay, so who wants to go next? Zachariah? Uh, Okay, this one's quite uh, easy. Okay, so... Okay, so he was once a prisoner into Azkaban. He was put. He was, so Harry... he was black. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Sorry, Sorry, I can't no. Do you want to finish the? Do you want to finish the Yeah, got me here. Me. Okay. So he is in the Harry Potter series. He his Patronus was a phoenix. He was the Hogwarts headmaster up to and including Book Six. Oh, He's that's a Dumbledore. Easy. Dumbledore yeah. Yes. Dumbledore. Okay, now I'll go for it. Okay. A different band of magic we possess. I revealed information, I do confess. Pure and noble is the way. If I had my choice, things would stay. Are you Hagrid? No. 
Which house up am I? Sorry, I've got to say that bit. Which which what? What house up am I? A different breed of magic we possess. I revealed information, I do confess. Pure and noble is the way. If I had my choice, things would stay. Am I creature, Winky, or Dobby? Dobby. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, um, so my second one. He does like Harry Potter. Um, when he walks through the Hogwarts door, he wants students to turn to page 194. Is it a Snape? Yeah. Yay. Okay. You're too yeah. good at this. I know. I feel like I've chosen easy ones. Yeah, you probably have. Uh, last week, you said you need to, like, touch up on your skills and stuff. I know, but, like, I just, I just can't find any, anyone. Okay. So, my next one is, this is a place in the Harry Potter books. It isn't where you want to appear. It is guarded by Dementors and Sirius Black escape from here. Can I, say, can I say it? Aww. I just wanted to make sure in case, you know, is I'm being too fast. Okay. So thank you, Mihir, for joining our podcast today. It's okay. Thank you for thank you, and I'm so I was so excited. Mischief managed. Bye. Bye. Okay. Okay. And we're back. Now, as every week, we of course will be reading our next chapter. So follow along, and open up your books. Chapter 2. The Vanishing Glass Nearly ten years had passed since the Dursleys had woken up to find their nephew on the front step, but Privet Drive had hardly changed at all. The sun rose on the same tidy front gardens and lit up the brass number four on the Dursleys' front door. It crept into their living room, which was almost exactly the same as it had been on the night when Mr Dursley had seen the fateful news report about the owls. Only the photographs on the mantelpiece really showed how much time had passed. Ten years ago, there had been lots of pictures of what looked like a large pink beach ball wearing different coloured bonnets. But Dudley Dursley was no longer a baby, and now the photographs showed a large blonde boy riding his first bicycle on a carousel at the fair, playing a computer game with his father, being hugged and kissed by his mother. The room held no sign at all that another boy lived in the house too. Yet Harry Potter was still there, asleep at the moment, but not for long. His Aunt Petunia was awake, and it was her shrill voice that made the first noise of the day. Up! Get up! Now! Harry woke with a start. His aunt rapped on the door again. Up! she screeched. Harry heard her walking toward the quick kitchen, and then the sound of the frying pan being put on the stove. He rolled onto his back and tried to remember the dream he had been having. It had been a good one. There had been a flying motorcycle in it. He had a funny feeling that he had the same dream before. His aunt was back outside the door, he demanded. Oh, wait. Uh, her aunt was back outside the door. Are you up yet? she demanded. Nearly, said Harry. Well, get a move on. I want you to look after the bacon. And don't you dare let it burn. 
I want everything perfect on Daddy's birthday. Harry groaned. What did you say? His aunt snapped through the door. Nothing, nothing. Dudley's birthday. How could he have forgotten? Harry slowly, Harry got slowly out of bed and started looking for socks. He found a pair under his bed. After pulling the spider off one of them, he put them on. Harry was used to spiders because the cupboard under the stairs was full of them, and that was where he slept. When he was dressed, he went down to the into the kitchen. The table was almost hidden beneath all of Dudley's birthday presents. It looked as though he'd gotten a new computer he wanted, not to mention the second television and the racing bike. Exactly why Dudley wanted a racing bike was a mystery to Harry, as Dudley was very fat and hated exercise, unless, of course, it involved punching somebody. Dudley's favourite punching bag was Harry, but he couldn't often catch him. Harry didn't look it, but he was very fast. Perhaps it had something to do with living in a dark cupboard, but Harry had always been small and skinny for his age. He looked even smaller and skinnier than he really was because he had to wear all he had to wear were Dudley's old clothes. And Dudley was about four times bigger than he was. Harry had a thin face, knobbly knees, black hair, and bright green eyes. He wore round glasses that held together with a lot of scotch tape because of all the times that Harry had punched them on the nose. One thing Harry liked about his own appearance was the very thin scar on his forehead that shaped like a bolt of lightning. He had it as long as he could remember. The first thing he could ever remember asking his aunt Petunia was how he'd gotten it. In the car crash where your parents died, she said, and don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. That was the first rule for a quiet life with the Dursleys. Uncle Vernon entered the kitchen as Harry was turning over the bacon. Comb your hair, he barked by way of morning greeting. About once a week, Uncle Vernon looked over the top of his newspaper and shouted that Harry needed a haircut. Harry must have had more haircuts than the rest of the boys in the class, in his class put together, but it made no difference. Harry's hair simply grew that way, all over the place. Harry was frying eggs by the time Dudley ar- arrived in the kitchen with his mother. Dudley looked a lot like Uncle Vernon. He had a large pink face, not much neck, small, watery blue eyes, and thick blonde hair that lay smoothly on his thick, fat head. Aunt Petunia often said that Dudley looked like a baby angel. Harry often said that Dudley looked like a pig in a wig. Harry put the plates of egg and bacon onto the table, which was difficult, as there wasn't much room. Dudley, meanwhile, was counting his presents. His face fell. Thirty-six, he said, looking at his mother and father. That's two less than last year. Darling, you haven't counted Auntie Marge's presents, see? It's here under this big one for Mummy and Daddy. All right, thirty-seven then, said Dudley, going red in the face. Harry could see a huge Dudley tantrum coming on.
began wolfing down his bacon as fast as he possibly possible in case he turned in case Dudley turned the table over. Aunt Petunia obviously scented danger too, because she said quickly, And we'll buy you another two presents while we're out today. How's that, pumpkin? Two more presents. Is that all right? Dudley thought for a moment. It looked hard to it looked like hard work. Finally he said, So I have thirty 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 nine sweetums, said Aunt Petunia. Oh Dudley oh Dudley sat down heavily and grabbed the nearest parcel. Alright then. Uncle Vernon chuckled. Little Tyke wants his money work, just like his father. Attaboy, Dudley. He ruffled Dudley's hair. At that moment, the telephone rang, and Aunt Petunia went to answer it. While Harry and Uncle Vernon watched Dudley unwrap the racing bike and a video camera, a remote control aeroplane, 16 new computer games, and a VCR, he was ripping the paper off a gold wristwatch when Aunt Petunia came back from the telephone, looking both angry and worried. Bad news, Vernon, she, she said. Miss Fig's broken her leg. She can't take him. Harry, she jerked her head in Harry's direction. Dolly's mouth fell open in horror. Harry, but Harry's heart gave a leap. Every year on Dudley's birthday, his parents took him and a friend out for the day to adventure parks, hamburger restaurants, or the movies. Every year, Harry was left behind with Mrs. Fig, a mad old lady who lived two streets away. Harry hated it there. The whole house smelled of cabbage, and Mrs. Fig made him look at photographs of all the cats she'd ever owned. Now what? said Aunt Petunia, looking furiously at Harry, as though he'd planned this. Well, knew he ought, Harry knew he ought to feel sorry that Mrs. Fig had broken her leg. But it wasn't easy. When he was reminded of himself, it would be the whole year again before he had to look at Tibbles, Snowy, Mr. Paws, and Tuffy again. We could phone Marge, Uncle Vernon suggested. Don't be silly, Vernon. She hates the boy. The Dursleys often spoke about Harry like this, as though he wasn't there, or rather as though he was something very nasty that they couldn't understand them. Like a slug. What about what's her name? Your friend, Yvonne, on vacation in Mallorca. Snapped Aunt Petunia. You could just leave me here, Harry put in hopefully. He'd be able to watch the, what he wanted on television for a change, and maybe even have a go on Dudley's computer. Aunt Petunia looked as though she just swallowed a lemon. And come back and find the house in ruins, she snarled. I won't blow up the house, said Harry, but they weren't listening. I suppose we could take him to the zoo, said Aunt Petunia, slowly, and leave him in the car. That's new. He's not sitting in it alone. That car's new. He's not sitting in it alone. Dudley began to cry loudly. In fact, he wasn't really crying. Uh, it had been years since he really cried, but he knew that if he screwed up his face and wailed, 
His mother would give him anything he wanted. Dinky Duddy Dums, don't cry. Mummy won't let him spoil your special day. She cried, flinging her arms around him. I don't want him to, to come. Dudley yelled between huge pretend sobs. He always spoils everything. He shot Harry a nasty grim through the gap in his mother's arms. And then, just then, the doorbell rang. Oh, good Lord, they're here, said Arpuccino frantically. And a moment later, the Dudley's best friend, Piers Polkis, walked in with his mother. Piers was a scrawny boy with a face like a rat. He was usually the one who held people's arms behind their backs while Dudley hit them. Dudley stopped pretending to cry at once. Half an hour later, Harry, who could not believe his luck, was sitting in the back of the Dursley's car with Piers and Dudley. On the way to the zoo, for the first time in his life, his aunt and uncle hadn't been able to think of anything else to do with him. But before they left, Uncle Vernon had taken Harry aside. I'm warning you, he said, putting a large purple face right up close to Harry's. I'm warning you now, boy. Any funny business, anything at all, and you'll be in that cupboard from now until Christmas. I'm not going to do anything, said Harry. Honestly. But Uncle Vernon didn't believe him. No one ever did. The problem was, strange things often happened around Harry, and it was just no good telling the Dursleys that he didn't make them happen. Once Aunt Petunia tired of Harry coming back from the barbers, and looking as though she hadn't been at all, had a pair of kitchen scissors, and cut his hair so short that he was almost bald, except for his bangs, which he left to hide the horrible scar. Dudley had laughed to himself silly at Harry, who spent sleepless nights imagining the next call for the next day, where he spent, where his he was already laughed at for his baggy clothes and taped glasses. The next morning, however, he'd gone not to find his hair exactly as it had been before Aunt Petunia sheared it off. He had been given a week in the his cupboard for this, even though he'd tried to explain that he couldn't explain how it grown back so quickly. Another time, Aunt Petunia had been trying to force him into a revolting old sweater of Dudley's, brown with orange puffballs. The harder she tried to pull it over his head, the smaller it seemed to become, until finally it might have fitted a hand puppet, but certainly wouldn't fit Harry. Aunt Petunia had decided it must have shrunk in the wash, and to his great relief, Harry wasn't punished. On the other hand, he'd gotten into terrible trouble for being found on the roof of the school kitchens. Dudley's gang had been chasing him as usual, when as much time as Harry surprised as anyone else's, there he was, sitting on the chimney. The Dursleys had received a very angry letter from Harry's headmistress, telling them 
Harry had been climbing school buildings. What he had tried to do as he shouted at Uncle Vernon through the locked door of his cupboard was jump behind a big trash can outside the kitchen doors. Harry supposed that the wind must have caught him in mid-jump. But today, nothing was going to go wrong. It wasn't even worth being, being with Dudley and Pierce, spending the day somewhere that wasn't school, always covered, or Mrs. Fig's cabbage-running living room. While he drove, Uncle Vernon complained to Aunt Petunia. He liked to complain about things. People at work, Harry, the council, Harry, the bank, and Harry, which is a few of his favourite subjects. This morning, it was motorcycle. Roaring along like maniacs, the young hoodlums, hoodlums, he said, as a motorcycle overtook them. I had a dream about a motorcycle, said Harry, remembering suddenly. It was flying. Uncle Vernon nearly crashed into the car in front. He turned right around with a seat and yelled at Harry with his face like a gigantic beet with a beetroot with a moustache. Motorcycles don't fly. Dudley and Pierce sniggered. They they don't know. I know they don't, said Harry. It was only a dream, but he wished he hadn't said anything. If there was one thing in the Dudley's that had even more than asking his questions, was his talking about every anything, acting in any way it shouldn't. No matter if it was in a dream or even in a cartoon, they seemed to think it might get dangerous ideas. It was a very sunny Saturday, at, and the zoo was crowded with families. The Dudleys brought Dudley and Pierre large chocolate ice creams at the entrance hall. Then, because the smiling lady in the van had asked Harry what he wanted before they could hurry him away, they bought him a cheap lemon ice pop. It wasn't bad either, Harry thought, licking it as they watched the gorilla scratch in his head. He looked remarkably like Dudley, except that it wasn't blonde. Harry had the best morning in a long time. He was careful to walk a little way apart from the Dudleys, so that Dudley had a, and Piers who were starting to get bored of the animals by lunchtime, wouldn't fall back on their favourite hobby of hitting him. They ate at the zoo restaurant when Dudley had a tantrum because his knickerbocker glory didn't have enough ice cream on top. Uncle Vernon bought him another one, and Harry was allowed to finish the first. Harry felt afterwards that he shouldn't have known that it was all too good to last. After, they, after lunch, they went to the reptile house, it was cool and dark in there, with lit windows all along the walls. Behind the glass, all sorts of lizards and snakes were crawling and slithering over bits of wood and stone. Dudley and Piers wanted to see huge poisonous cobras and thick man-crushing pythons. Dudley found 
the largest snake in the place. It could have wrapped its body twice around Uncle Vernon's car and crashed into a trash can. Crashed into a trash can. But at the moment, it didn't look in the mood. In fact, it was fast asleep. Dudley stood with his nose pressed against the glass, staring at the glistening brown coils. Make it move, he whined at his father. Uncle Vernon tapped on the glass, but the snake didn't budge. Do it again, Dudley ordered. Uncle Vernon wrapped the glass smartly with his knuckles, but the snake just snoozed on. This is boring, Dudley moaned. He shuffled away. Harry moved in front of the tank and looked intently at the snake. He wouldn't have been surprised if he had died of boredom itself. Not no company except stupid people drumming their fingers on the glass trying to disturb it all day long. It was worse than having a cupboard as a bedroom. Where your only visitor was Aunt Petunia hammering on the door to wake you up. At least you got to visit the rest of the house. The snake suddenly opened its beady eyes very slowly. It raised its head until its eyes were level with Harry. It winked. Harry stared, and he looked quickly around to see if anyone was watching. They weren't. He looked back in the snake, and it winked too. The snake jerked its head towards Uncle Vernon and Dudley, and then raised its eye to the ceiling. It gave Harry a look that said quite plainly, I get that all the time. I know, Harry murmured through the glass. I wasn't sure the snake could hear him. It must have been really annoying. It must be really annoying. The snake nodded vigorously. Where do you come from anyway? Harry asked. The snake jabbed at its tail and a sign next to the glass. Harry peered at it. Boa constrictor, Brazil. Was it nice there? The boa constrictor jabbed its tail to the sign again. And Harry read on, this specimen was bred in the zoo. Oh, I see. So you've never been to the Brazil. As the snake shook its head, a deafening shout behind Harry made both snakes, both of them jump. Dudley, Mr. Dudley, come look at the snake. You won't believe what it's doing. The snake shook. Um, Dudley came waddling towards him as fast as he could. Out of the way, you, he said, punching Harry in the ribs. Caught by surprise. Harry fell hard on the concrete floor. What came next? Happened so fast, no one saw how it happened. One second, Piers and Dudley were leaning right close up against the glass. The next, they had leapt back with howls of horror. Harry sat up and gasped. The glass in front of the broken constrictor's tank had vanished. The glass snake was uncoiling itself rapidly and slithering it out onto the um, floor. People throughout the reptile house screamed and started running for the exit. As the snake slid swiftly past him, 
Harry could have sworn a hissing voice said, Brazil, here I come. Thanks, amigo. The keeper of a reptile house was in shock. But the glass, he kept saying. Where did the glass go? The zoo director himself made Ampetunia a cup of strong, sweet tea. Well, he apologised over and over again. Then Dudley could only gibber. As far as Harry had seen, the snake had done anything except snap, snap, playfully at their heels as it passed. But by the time they were all back in Uncle Vernon's car, Dudley was telling them how it had nearly bitten off his leg, while Piers was swearing it had tried to squeeze him to death. But worst of all, for Harry at least, was Piers climbing up to say, Harry was talking to it, weren't you, Harry? Uncle Rutten waited until Piers was safely out of the house before starting on Harry. He was so angry that he could hardly speak. He managed to say, go, cupboard, stay, no meals before he collapsed into a chair. Aunt Petunia had to run and get him a large brandy. He, Harry lay in his dark cupboard much later, wishing he had what wishing he had a watch. He didn't know what time it was, and he couldn't be sure the Dudleys were asleep yet. Until they were, they couldn't. He couldn't risk sneaking into the kitchen for some food. He lived with the Dur- Dursleys for almost ten years, ten miserable years, as long as he could remember. Ever since he had been a baby, and his parents had died in the car crash, he couldn't remember being in the car when his parents had died. Sometimes, when he strained his memory during long hours in his cupboard. He came up with a strange vision, vision, a blinding light, of a blinding flash of green light, and burning pain on his forehead. This he supposed was the crash. He couldn't imagine where all the green light came from. He couldn't remember his parents at all. His aunt and uncle never spoke about them, and of course he was forbidden to ask questions. There were no photographs of them in the house. When he had been younger, Harry dreamed and dreamed of some unknown relation coming to take him away. Yet it never happened. The Dursleys were his only family. Yet sometimes he thought, maybe hoped, that strangers in the street seemed to know him. Very strange strangers they were too. A tiny man with a violet top had borrowed bowed to him once while out shopping with Aunt Petunia and Dudley after asking Harry furiously if he knew the man. Aunt Petunia rushed him out of the shop without buying anything. A wild-looking old woman dressed in all green had waved merrily at, at him once on the bus. A bold man with a very long purple coat had actually shaken his hand on the street the other day and then walked away without saying a word. The weirdest thing about all these people 
was that they seemed to vanish the second Harry got close. Harry tried to get a closer look. At school, Harry had no one. Everybody knew that Dudley's gang hated the odd Harry Potter in his baggy old clothes and broken glasses, and nobody liked to disagree with Dudley's gang. So that was a very interesting right. chat. It's now time for some golden nuggets. The first golden nugget I realised is that in the movies, Harry asks the bug constrictor if he misses home, but then the snake points out that he was bred in captivity, and Harry says, me too. However, that is That's a very box. good point. Another nugget is that it wasn't just Dudley that made him angry. It was also Dudley's friends, Piers Polkus. That's right. And so those are all our golden nuggets this week. Please be sure to tell us more via voice message. Now it's on time Anchor. for the Daily Prophet. This week we have some small Harry Potter releases. Firstly, the Diagon Alley pop up book is finally out to buy. And if you, like me, wear glasses and love Harry Potter, Harry Potter and Pear have given us a sneak peek of their new collaboration. On glasses. Those are definitely some things to save up your money for, or put on your birthday list. Find out more on the Pottermore website. Now, before we end this show, we're going to play a little game called Ministry Corner. So every time we read a chapter with a breach of underage magic, we'll play this game to assess whether it is guilty or not guilty. Today we're going to assess the vanishing glass. I will be the prosecutor. And I will be the defendant. Hey, so harsh, Raffi. I'm present at this thing. Now, do you promise on the magical laws of the wizarding world that you will not lie? I will not. Good. Lie. Now, question number one. Why did this happen? Well, I think it happened because of it was a complete accident. He he it was just a complete accident. I mean, we were sure before that he, he does these things and he doesn't even know that he's doing them. And he doesn't even know why and there's no explanation for these. So I think it was just an accident. Does, and in this case, it was that does because the hatred. muggle in question, Dudley Dursley of number four, Privet Drive, know or knew about magic at that moment? No, he does not. And he has Therefore, not done this it thing. is... A very big breach of the magical laws. He does not know about the magic. He probably thinks it's it's something like an so illusion. You're, so you're telling me the boy who lived, Harry James Potter, does not know a thing about magic, even though there's not a person in our world who does not know his name. And the person in question does not know what magic is. Yes, Your Honour, that's what they, exactly what I am telling you. This boy has not learned anything from his aunt and uncle because you know why? Because they are the most they are the most non magical people. They are the worst muggles out there. I call to the stand witness Piers Polkus. Now, Piers Polkus, it seems that you were right there when Dudley was thrown into the boa constrictor cabinet habitat. What happened? Well, 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 um, um, so, so what happened was, was, um, so me and Dudley, we were going 
to the zoo for his birthday, and it was really fun. And uh, I really wanted to punch Harry, because, you know, it's so fun when you do it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Anyway, do you know where we are? Oh, well, yeah, well, we're in the no, zoo. No, no. Do and you, then, know you know where we are right now? Oh, well, um, this place looks like my old church. Yeah, back in old town. Do you know what we are talking about? Well, well, I think it's something to do with Dundee falling through that glass. I think it's some kind of illusion. Okay, so we may need to tell Something like a party trick. Ju- but we have to mind wipe him after. Okay, so Harry Potter is a wizard and he is being accused of making Dudley fall through the cage at London Zoo. Now, what are your thoughts on this? What? How could he have done that? He was nowhere near that. Plus, I saw him smooch up against that. But he was doing some weird things. He was talking to the snake. I, I and see. What he was, was he? Sa- what did he sound like when he was talking to the snake? I have no idea. I just screamed, and I was like, "Look, Dudley, it's moving," because that's what he wanted. He wanted the snake to move, and Harry got it to move. I don't know why. Maybe Harry was actually nice and did something for him. I don't know, but. It seems like what happened. So, but then, but then, we just fell through. I was like, what? Maybe Harry's playing a trick on what? us or something. How would you explain that trick? That Dudley falls through the glass, gets stuck in the con- habitat, but can't get out again. I have no idea. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was like okay, the best thank you very much, Polkis. Oh. We um, call your time at the stand to oh. an end. You may leave. Mind wipe him. Okay. Goodbye, mischief man. Hey, wait, mind wipe what? Mind wipe what? Mischief manage. Okay, now that he's gone, I think we have all the information that we need. Harry Potter is obviously the person who caused this entire problem. I now. Vote for Harry Potter to be guilty. Vote for Harry Potter to be cleared of all charges. I now call Harry James Potter cleared of all charges. Court is dismissed. Dismissed. Yeah, I don't think I should ever be a judge. I know, that was terrible. You were very quick to jump on that one. Okay. Okay. okay, Thank you again for everyone who has made it this far again. Yay! Your support means everything, so go ahead and send us a voice message on Anchor and give us some segment ideas. Tell us some conspiracy theories, or to simply just say hi, to let us know that we have been listening. So until next time, keep on listening, and reading, and don't forget to say, Mischief Managed.